Ephesians chapter 4. We are going to read from verse number 17 to 24. Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 17 to 24. Is that all right? If you found it, say, I found it. Only two people said they found it. Or the rest of you don't have Bibles. Hello? All right, lift up your Bibles if you have your Bible. Lift them up. Lift them up. Lift all your Bibles up. I don't care whether it's a phone, whether it's a mirror, whether it's a a watch. Just lift it up. Say, this is my Bible. Bible. Say, this is my Bible. Bible. I am what it says I am. I I can do what it says I can do. do This morning, morning, I will be taught taught from the Word. My life life will never be the same. Because of the word that I will receive from the house of God this morning. If you believe it, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 17. The Bible says that, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles again with me to Romans chapter number 12. We are going to read the first two verses. I want us to read as a family. So find Romans chapter 12. You're going to read verses 1 and 2. Are you there? Shall we read? Ready, go. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. If you are looking for a subject title for our discussion this morning, I have titled it, The Power of a Renewed Mind. The Power of a Renewed Mind. Or you can say the power of a changed mind. Hallelujah. I said the power of a changed mind. Oh, nobody's saying anything. Repeat it after me. The power of a changed mind. The power of a renewed mind. You see, Paul was writing to the uh, church in Ephesus and he said to them that in the beginning, you walked like the Gentiles. In the futility of your minds, you were conformed to this world because of the way you taught. And thank God that you met Christ. And when you met Christ, he transformed your spirit. 
Amen. He transformed your spirit. He took the old spirit of flesh from you and put a new spirit inside of you. But the uh, uh, mind is being transformed or you, your soul or your, your character is being transformed daily. Am I talking to somebody? You, that is why when you are born again, it doesn't automatically change the things you like. It doesn't change the things you feel about. It doesn't change if you are a quick-tempered person, you still be a quick-tempered person. What changes after you are born again is your mind being renewed. Am I talking to somebody? Someone say renewed mind. You see, what, what happens is that when you come to the house of God, the word of God is taught. The word of God is shared with you. When you read the Bible, you, see, you, you feel and see the word of God. But until you give your mind's attention to what you are reading, to try and change things, your life still remains the same. Am I talking to somebody? I'm trying to take my time to break it down. You, you see, for those of you who understand computers, you, have, you are made up of a hard drive <clears throat> and a software. When I say a hard drive, I'm talking about the, the thing. That's the hardware. But inside the hardware is a, a software. Now, the software has a passcode. Whoever gets hold of that passcode is the one that can program the software. And whatever program the software is given, that is what the the laptop is. Uh, I don't know whether you do you understand what I'm saying. If you program the software to fear, it doesn't matter what anybody says, you will still be afraid. If you program the software into uh, hate, everything you see encourages you to hate. That's how you've been programmed. Because you've been programmed. Whoever got hold of the password programmed hate. And because hate has been programmed, anything you see, it, it goes to uh, solidify the point that you must hate. Everything, Everything you see makes you hate. Are, are you getting what, what I'm saying? In case you are getting confused with computers, man is a body. Man is a spirit, sorry. Man is a spirit. That is the, the man himself. He has a soul, which is the software. And he lives in the hardware, which is a body. Uh, are you getting it? Ma- man is essentially a spirit. Man is not a software. Man is not a hardware. Man is a, a spirit who lives in a hardware and has a software. So whoever controls the Software controls the whole mind that controls the whole man. Are you getting it? So it doesn't matter how, how powerful our Christian life is. You can never live a Christian life without your mind. Your Christian life is essentially made out of the way you think. So Paul was saying that these guys, the, the Gentiles, walked in the, a certain mindset, alien to God. Futility of their minds. 
That is, not contra- that is contrary to anything God says. But when they come to God, so he says in Romans that be not conformed to this world. Because the world is programmed in a certain way. It has a different software. The, 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 the Christ has another software. Do you, do you get it? How many have done computer programs? Uh, you did uh, you did D ball binaries plus one and twos. <laughs> that was that was before many of us were born, so it's okay. <laughs> but you see, if say for instance you have you have a computer that has not got Excel or Word, you cannot do a spreadsheets. Even though you have a computer. And it's very expensive. Mm. Mm. Are you getting it? You will have to buy the software of uh, Excel, Microsoft Office, Office to be able to uh, do spreadsheets and do Word. And PowerPoint and and all those things. Am I making sense? I know some people, I've lost some people. But I'll I'll find you, don't worry. (laughs) Are you getting it? And you see, if you never buy Microsoft Office, certain things that is available will never ever be available to you. Even though you have an expensive computer. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? That is why a lot of Christian things look sounds foolish to majority of the world. Hello? A lot of things that we do in church don't make sense because it, they, 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 they don't have the software. The passcode that enables you to download a certain software is not there. Ah, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Hello? Only three people understand me. The club gets about three people, so it just felt like three people understand. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So today we are talking about the power of a changed mind. You see, I am trying to get you to start thinking as a Christian. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So the way you think is who you are. Have you heard this this, uh, phrase, you are what you eat? Which is true. Uh, Which is true to the hardware. To the body. Which is the body. But for the software, you are what you think. Touch your neighbor and tell them, you are what you think. And you see, the way we think, the way we think is as a result of how we were brought up, who we mix with, where we are in the world, what we read, what we hear, what we watch. What we like. All those things form our mindset. The software. Are, are you with me? There are a lot of things you do that you have never ever sat down to think and ask yourself, why, I do, why do I do this? Because you did it because you saw somebody doing it. There's a story of a, a lady that used to uh, cook salmon for the husband 
And anytime she cooks the salmon, she, 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 will, she will cut the head and cut the tail off. And then she would do the salmon and give it to the husband. And that was like every time. So one day, the, the, the wife's uh, uh, mother came to visit. And as they were preparing this, this salmon, the, the husband was in the kitchen. And the husband said, why is it that every time you prepare salmon for me, you cut the head and you cut the tail? And then the wife was like, go, go, on, go on about your business. This is not, nothing to do with you. You don't understand how to cook. This is how you cook. You cut the tail and you cut the head when you're cooking salmon. Then God's like, why do you cut the tail and cut? I want to understand. So uh, she turned to her mom and said, said to the mom, tell, tell him that you cut the head and cut the tail when you're cooking salmon. And the mom also looked at the daughter and said, why do you cut the head and the tail? And, and she said, because when I was growing up, I saw you every time we get salmon, you cut the head and you cut the tail. You cut the head and you cut the tail. So now that I'm also grown and I'm cooking salmon, I cut the head and I cut the tail. And the mom said, silly girl, I used to cut the head and the tail because we had a very small fry pan. Our pan that we used to use was so small that I cannot put the whole salmon on the pan. So I have to cut the head and the tail to cook the salmon. And then later on, I'll cook the head and the tail to eat whilst you are all eating. I said this funny story to let you know that you are a product of your upbringing. A lot of things you do, you haven't thought about it. Yeah, no, really. You cut the head and cut the tail. So from today, anytime you are doing something, ask yourself, why am I cutting the head? Why am I cutting the tail? Because in your mom's case, the frying pan was very small. So she had to adopt. But in your case, you have a very big one. Very big pan. Why are you cutting the head and the tail still? Hallelujah. Most of us, we do things that we don't really think about. Hallelujah. And that is how come our lives turn out the way they are. Have you never realized that majority of us, until we do something different, our life will not be any better than our, our fathers, our mothers, our sisters, and our brothers, the older ones. How many know what I'm t- talking about? If you don't take care, you will not be different. If you really want to be different, then you have to start thinking. Any invention that has been done, has been made from time to now, was as a result of somebody thinking outside the norm. The computers you have, the the phones you have, the clothes you are wearing, is somebody's thinking. It's somebody's imagination. A somebody software that had a different password that was programmed differently that has produced what you see. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? So, how can we become different? If your mind is changed, you are changed. That's right. Am I talking to somebody? 
I said, if your mind is changed, you are changed. Until you get to the point where your mind is changed, nothing will change. Come with me to Luke chapter 15. It's a story that we all know. The prodigal son. Luke chapter 15. Quickly, get it. Go to the prodigal son story. Can start from any from 15, 16, 17, anywhere. So this is the guy. You remember the story. I don't have to start the story because you know the story. The Bible says that then he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country. That's when the money got finished. Hello? When the money got finished, he went and joined himself to a citizen of the country who sent him into the field to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pots that the swine ate. And none, no one gave him anything. He was eating the food that pigs were eating. You know, some of us, we are eating the food that pigs are eating. Some of us, our lives are a great shamble. It's an apology. It's an apostasy of life. It must be the, the breakfast I had. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Some of us, we can't seem to shift from the, the, the negativity. We can't shift, seem to shift from the lifestyle. We are eating with pigs. We know it's not good to be eating with pigs. But somehow we find ourselves eating with pigs. Ask your neighbor, what do you eat with? Are you eating swine food? Ask them, are you eating swine food? How many can connect with the message so far? Give me a wave if you can connect. Only three people. Some of us, our lives, this particular habit, you know it's not good. You know it's killing you. You know it's making you become less of the person you ought to become. But for some reason, you are shackled to that habit. You cannot break out. You cannot do anything about it. You are eating with pigs. And you know that you are eating with pigs. You, you, know, you know this is not what you are supposed to be doing. You know this is not you. If there is anybody like that, give me a wave. If, it's, if you are the one I'm talking about, give me a wave. Only one person. Only two people. Oh, no, no, wave. It's, it's, it's a form of healing. It's a form of healing. Hallelujah. All these things are happening. And you are shackled. Listen, the worst prison that anybody can be in is the prison of the mind. You see, when anybody is free and they are not free up here, they are not free. There are people who have been freed from oppression. Countries that have been freed from uh, colonial rule and yet they are still in bondage. They still live like how they used to live when they were in bondage. I'll give you a scenario. I'll give you, I'll give you a scenario. Are you okay with me? I'll give you a scenario. There's this horse, big horse, that was tied to a, you know those type of iron rods 
that are in, in the ground, cemented. How many know what I'm talking about? Iron rod. And they are tied, the, the neck of the horse is tied to it. And then this horse tried to escape. And as it tried to pull, pull forcefully off the, the, the shackle, it, the neck, it almost killed itself. And it happened once, twice. Now the next time, the owner ties the horse to a plastic chair. And the horse says that, I remember the first time I tried to free myself. And the pain that I got on my neck. I remember the second time I tried to free myself. So this time that I'm tired, I'm not moving. I'd rather stay here to save the pain that my neck will have to go through if I try to move. So you see that this big horse that can lift about a thousand of these plastic chairs is tied on to one leg of a plastic chair and will never move. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? It will never move because it is being oppressed not by the plastic chair but by the mind. Hallelujah. It is being oppressed not by the plastic chair but the mind. Most of us, our prison is not what we think. It's here. Amen. So the Bible says, verse 17, quickly, but when he came to himself, somebody say, when he came to himself. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to eat and I perish here eating with pigs? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise from this place and I'm going to go to my father's house. And when I get there, I will say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm not worthy to be called any of your son, but make me as one of these hired servants. And then he went. The Bible says that when he was a off, his father saw him. Because the father had been waiting. The father had been looking out for him. When the father saw him, the father ran and came to the son. You see, but the boy was not overtaken by the kind gesture of the father. The prodigal son still went on and said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of these high servants. The, the story ends with the father throwing a, the biggest party for that boy. Now, the end of that boy is much better than the time he was eating with pigs. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? But he had to come to himself. Hallelujah. He had to come to himself and make that decision. Listen, if you come to yourself, no chain can hold you. If you come to yourself and say that I need to change, nothing will hold you. Nothing will hold you. You see, this is what you would have done. This is what I would have done. 
As soon as he came to himself and said, how many of my father's high servants have bread enough to eat? And I'm languishing here, eating with pigs. The first thing after that, but if I go, they will embarrass me. If I go, how would my brother look at me? If I go, what would they say? How, if I go, how, I will feel very embarrassed. I will feel ashamed. I, I'm too proud to, to go and beg. I'm too proud to put my tail between my legs. No, 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 I cannot go. I would rather sit here and eat with pigs and struggle. At least I will keep my dignity. Which you have now. But listen, what you don't realize, what you don't realize is that the elder brother was looking at you from the time you were with the prostitute to the time you ended up eating all your father's assets away. He knew. So, if he knew when he was with the prostitute and he knew that his money was finished, do you think that he doesn't know that he's with uh, pigs? Yeah, he knows. Some of us, our pride, our shame, our, you know, what will people say? What are people thinking about me? All those things are the prisoners, the prison wardens of our lives. Hallelujah. The, some of us, naturally, we are depressed. Default mode. Our default mode is what? To be depressed. Some of us, naturally, we are timid. Our default is to be timid. So you, see, you come to church. See, the thing that happens to most of us as Christians is that we come to church and you hear a message like this and immediately you think that I'm going to change something, I'm going to change that, I'm going to change that, I'm going to change that. But you see, when you go back, you revert to your default mode. Yeah. I'll give you an example. How many like today? I don't know why I'm using computers. But say, for instance, you have a word. Put a word program on there. A word, just put Excel spreadsheet, uh, a word, and then choose a font. Choose a font, maybe make it italics, and write. When you finish that word and you close that program, when you go to the next word program and open it, do you know that it will not go back to italics? It will go back to the default mode of the word that you are using. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's times Romans, whatever, times something, or Ariel or something. It will go to the default mode of the computer. Can you understand what I'm trying to say? It, it, because, you see, most of us, when we come to church, we write in italics. But as soon as we get home, we go back to the times Roman. Because our mindset is times Roman. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Our default is this. So it doesn't matter what anybody says, you are still going to go back to that. But today I want us to change the default mode. And to change the default mode, we need to get password to have access to the program. Uh, I'm preaching more than you are amening. So that you can change. Hallelujah. How many have a certain font on your thing that's very small, you can't see. Mm. You know, maybe some of you, your eyes are good. As you grow older, you see that you want <laughs> bigger, font. bigger font size. Yeah. <laughs> 14 you want it on 14 or 16, but now you can do with 8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Hallelujah. Are you okay with me so far? Now, here is what, here is what Paul says. Let's go back to the scripture in Ephesians 4. Here is what Paul says. Paul says that in the beginning, you were the same as the world. Walk like the Gentiles. Talk like the Gentiles. In the futility of your mind. Verse 18 says, Having been, having their understanding darkened and alienated from the life of God. So you see, the default mode of majority of us, of all of us, is that our minds are alienated from the life of God. That is how come when people hear that you are a Christian, you go to church, they laugh. Hello? Oh, I said hello. Hey, are you, are you awake? Some people are trying to sleep. Amen. Their, their lives are alienated. Some of us, our friends, just alienate us. We come to church. We get a lot of resolution. As soon as we go home, we go back to the same friends. And when we go to the same friends, obviously, the default mode starts. And the default mode is alien to God. So, you see, you can never live a proper, victorious Christian life if you keep those friends. They got to go. Hello. I say hello. How many, how many, how many, how many of us in this room? Be honest, be honest, be honest. Give me a little bit of volume. How, how many of us, when you see your friends that you went to primary school with, you start behaving like primary school children? Give me a wave. Give me a wave if you are, if you are one of those. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you are now. When you see your old friends from high school, you know, you used to give yourself names, you know, and then you used to have some, some ways you walk, you know, and some ways you talk and everything, you know, and you're a grandfather now, but when you see those friends, immediately you come back to the same ways, you come back to their walk, and you start to talk in that way. And you see, you find yourself Talking about nothing but the, the last time you saw each other. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. In the same way, in the same way, you see, as soon as those friends go away from you, immediately you behave like you're supposed to behave now. You come back to yours. You could be there the head of state, you could be the president of the country. It doesn't matter. When you meet your old friends, immediately, yeah! You know, I, I remember, I, I, I remember I was conducting a wedding. And you know, as, as the priest, as the priest, in my, in my, in my frock, in my gown, I have Shall we rise? Let's pray. And then did, I was conducting the wedding and it's a very, very pious and very, you know, sanctimonious and holy. And then after the, immediately after, I did not realize that one of my old road dogs was in the church. 
you know, and, and as soon as we finished, I mean, he had spotted me and he was waiting for the thing to finish so that he comes to me. So as soon as the, the program was finished, Hey, they called my nickname. Hey, what's up? They immediately also went, hey. Then I caught myself that, hey, you are supposed to be the priest. <laughs> you are supposed to be a man of God. You're not supposed to be doing, hey, what's up? You know, and then. Because you see, the next minute is that, oh, let's go check some gels. Let's go and. Because the default mode of those days is like when we say, hey, hey, the next thing is that, let's go. Check out. How many understand what I'm saying? So you see, if you keep those friends, you will still be going to chase girls. Even though you are a priest. Um, am I talking to somebody? Preach, pastor, preach. You will still be going. Listen, your life is too short and too precious to be in a default mode. You missed a good place to put your hands together. You are allowed to have many acquaintances, but for friends, you have to be selective. In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, the Bible says that. How can two walk together except they agree? You cannot be my friend unless we agree on everything. We have a, a common, at least common multiple. At least common denominator, isn't it? We have to have the same so we can move together. So check your friend. Check the de- their destiny. That is yours. So if you don't like their destiny, you better control, alt, delete. Go to the recycle bin and empty the trash. Oh, you didn't get what I said. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. Because if you don't empty the trash, you are are likely to go back because it becomes a default mode. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah, if you really want to be successful as a Christian, change some friends. Amen. You know, all oh, this, oh, wow, what's up, guys? Yeah, yeah, I'll still do the what's up with you, but I'm not move, going home with you. Yeah. In fact, you, would, you wouldn't want to go home with me. Because after the pleasantries, I will move to my default mode. And my default mode now is different from yeah. the default mode that I used to have. Because that program has been changed. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the power of a renewed mind. I'm talking about the power of a deprogrammed and reprogrammed mind. You see, he says that, and you put, for, put off concerning the former conversation, the former behavior, the old man. It takes, uh, 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 please come, it takes an effort to put off. Can you put off your jacket, please? Can you see? It's taking an effort to take off the jacket. If the jacket don't come off by itself, you've got to take hold of the jacket, unbutton it, and take it off. Otherwise, 
It stays on. Most of us, we are hoping that God will take the jacket off for us. But guess what? God doesn't take any jacket off. If the jacket has to come off, you better get hold of the buttons and button it. You better get hold of the sleeve and take it off. Thank you. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? And to put on a new man, a new behavior, a new default, it doesn't just come. It's a conscious, laborious, time-consuming decision. Hallelujah. You've got to expend some energy. You've got to try some things. You've got to hear the word. He said, the word, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. I am going to be changed by your word. I am going to make sure that this word I have heard in the, in the church, this word I have read in the Bible, I am going to go and live it. Hallelujah. New behavior don't come by night. You can't wish new behavior. You know what Christians do is that we, we come to the fr- front and then the pastor will put oil on our foreheads and he say behavior change and then you go back and say behavior has changed. No, you go and you go back to the default. Hallelujah. I said there is work for us to do. There is work for us to do. We need to change the way we think. Some of us, we think poor. That is not a good thought. Hallelujah. Let, let me show you how poor people think. Poor people think that when they travel from here to there, their lives will change. Poor, poor people think that if only I can get this job, my life will change. Poor people are wishful thinkers. People that are not engaged in their life they are in, where they are. They are engaged in fantasies. Uh, how many can identify? Maybe not you, but somebody you know who knows somebody. Give me a wave if you know somebody like that. Uh, oh, only two people. Hey. No, no, no. They are not li- if you don't lift your hand, I won't preach again. Because either you don't understand. If you are not lifting your hand, then it means you don't understand or you are lying. Which is which? I said which is which? Okay, how many you? You, you, you. If it is you and you are bold enough and truthful enough, stand to your feet. Oh, Father, I pray against the spirit of lies. I cast out every lying spirit. You are still lying and still sitting down. Your mind, you see, have you not realized that 
in the same vicinity of poverty, somebody started there and they become a multi multi-millionaire. Ah, you, you, you didn't know what. Can you not realize the same place where you are saying that if I move from here to this place, my life will change? And have you not realized that there are some people who are at that place and they are more poor than you? Hallelujah. So you see, poverty is a mindset. It's here. And you see, if you give one million pounds to a poor person who has a poor mentality, after a few years, they'll be back to the same poverty. Have you not realized that most of them lottery winners, after eight years, they are back into poverty. Because their minds are poverty-oriented. So when they get, you see, when I could not uh, afford to eat in a certain hotel, I eat fish and chips, I eat LFC. LFC. Some people eat HFC. 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 Whole fried chicken. <laughs> and then CFC. <laughs> CFC. Some people easy. We eat poor food. But now that we have money, let's go to the restaurant. Let's have a five course meal. Let's eat some. Let's eat our money away. Let's eat the money away. That is awesome. You see. When, when, when I, I went to a boarding school, I went to a boarding school when, when I was young. I went to a boarding school. And you see, when we come to school, everybody's box is full of food. You know, so sometimes we can eat about four times a day. Different food. We eat this, then eat that. We eat this fish and that fish and that meat. Then we eat, we eat, we eat. Then three, two months into the term, then everybody's box is empty. Then we are back to starvation. Maybe we gather, we gather ourselves and get, maybe somebody has a little bit of gary or something. Then somebody has like maybe a, a, a little piece of sugar like that. And we put it in. And then you imagine that it's sweet. There's no milk. Then you start eating it. We used to call it a baby. And we imagine that there's milk in it. We imagine that we have some peanuts, some peanuts in. We imagine that you have all sorts of things in. But it was a power of the mind. The mind. Then maybe one of our friends' parents will come and visit. And when they come, they bring money. They bring food. When they bring food and money, that day, everybody will have a different meal. Very powerful. You see, what we didn't realize that if we had continued eating moderately, the food would last us to the end of the term. No, 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 no. We, we blast to make up for all the times we've had to imagine. Then after two weeks, it's finished. And we still have a month to go. Back into the default of imagining. There was a friend of mine. He used to go 
you know, not, you know, uh, 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 what do you call that, those things? Palm nuts. Palm nuts. He would go and gather a few, a lot of palm nuts and crack them. And you know that, those things in the nut. Then he would chew that thing. You see, and those things, when you chew, it makes you feel thirsty. Then he would come to the dormitory and say, give me water, give me water. <laughs> and they say, water is what I like. I like water. <laughs> Why he was, it, it's all a poverty mentality. Because you see, the food we came to the term with, it was enough to last us the whole month if we're moderate. We wouldn't have to go into imagining to eat. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we eat. And you see, most of us have grown with that. When we have money, Sometimes money is burning a hole in our pocket. We have to spend. We have to spend. We have to eat. And then, and then you get paid on the first of the month. By the eleventh of the month, you are back to square one. Take your time and preach it, Pastor. That is a poverty mentality. Preach it. Preach it. Take your time. Listen. Whatever you earn, somebody earns the same amount and has five children and a wife, and they are comfortable on that salary. You are a single guy and you can't live on it. That should tell you something. Have you thought about that? Richard, Pastor. I don't earn enough. I don't earn enough. I don't earn enough. You see, the people in uh, poor countries are, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. We don't have enough. It's a poor way of thinking. Some of us, we think that my, my flesh, my flesh, whatever flesh want, flesh has to have. Whatever flesh, I feel like having sex, I must have sex. I feel like, I feel like eating, I must eat. I feel like drinking, I have to drink. I feel like partying, I have to party. I, don't, I can't say, I'm feeling aging. That's a poverty mentality. <laughs> I said it's a poor mentality. Very poor. Preach, Pastor. Very poor. You have no control over your body. Whatever your body feels, your body must have. No. No. Control the body. Become a rich thinker. A rich thinker is a long-term planner. A rich thinker is a self-controlled person. A rich thinker is somebody that has control. You see, now the place is gone quiet. When I was talking about my food, you could relate. But now that I'm bringing it to your whole, your doorstep, you are going. You, the, the cows are coming. Have you ever tried to preach to cows before? You see them uh, looking at your face. Don't become a poor thinker. I said, don't become a poor thinker. Amen. You have enough resources enough plan, enough energy to become wealthy even in the same circumstance that you are in. You have enough to control your body. Touch your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. Tell the person, he's talking, he's come to your doorstep now. You, You don't have to lie down for the man to have sex with you, for him to like you. How cheap are you? 
That is a poor way of thinking. Very poor way of thinking. It's a poor way of thinking. I went to visit, I went to preach somewhere. And uh, the place I went to, the host, the pastor that hosted me, the wife used to always, she had a, a mantra, a word that she used to say to her children. So, say, so which one are you going to choose? Then the child will choose something. Say, poor choice, poor choice, poor choice, poor choice. So, uh, are you going to study or you're going to play on the video game? I want to play on the video game. Poor choice, poor choice. This was, this was years ago in America. So, we used to call the lady poor choice. Poor choice. Because she was trying to educate her children that life is about choices. And you can either make a wealthy wealth choice or a poor choice. The choice you make is either poor or rich. Instead of studying, you want to play game. That's a, a poor, poor choice. choice. You're on your phone. Instead of studying, it's a poor choice. You are on the net watching, uh, what do you call it? Ga- playing games when you're supposed to be studying. You have exams tomorrow. Poor choice. Poor choice. Poor choice. Uh, you've started a series on uh, what do you call it uh, uh, Game of Thrones you are doing uh, uh, watching uh, the, what do you call it the, 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 uh, the, what's that, that uh, Suits you are watching Suits or you are watching Prison Break and uh, you can't stop to go and study you have exams tomorrow you have a deadline two days from today and you are watching Game of Thrones, you have to hand in your assignment. Poor choice. Touch your neighbor and say, poor choice, poor choice, poor choice, poor choice. It is poor. Yeah, instead of going to camp, you say you want to go somewhere. That's poor choice. That's definitely poor choice. It's a portrait. You see, the place where your mind can be changed is the place you want to be. Hallelujah. If you want to have a new life, go to the place your mind will be changed. Hallelujah. That is a good choice. That's a great choice. How many believe that your minds are being changed? Yes. By this word. No more portraits. No more. No more Default. Watching the sky. You, listen, you are the strongest you ever be today. Tomorrow you are going to be a little weaker than today. And you know that your strength generates wealth. So this is the richest you ever be. Once you've gone past 23 or 20, it's like a <laughs> diminishing marginal returns. Everyone you add is diminishing. Everyone you add is diminishing. Every day is diminishing. Every day is diminishing. Every day is diminishing. Every day is diminishing diminishing because you are you are going towards the grave. The grave is you are diminishing, diminishing until you get to the place. Now you're on pension, so you're on the lateral line. Because once you hit the pension, you don't get any more income. It's now if you don't have pension. Then you are like this. If you have a little pension, then maybe you're on the above. If you have a, a great pension, you are, but it's a flat line. And to go, pee, 
So as you are sleeping, you are sleeping your wealth away. As you are uh, uh, wasting time watching television, you are wasting your prosperity away. Some of us, we are wasting our children's uh, prosperity, our children's lifestyle away. There are some parents who depend on their children, and their children are still in school. Because they made poor choices. And now they are trying to disorganize the lives of their children to augment the poor choices they've made. Preach, Pastor, preach. It's a message. It's a message. It's a complete message. Hallelujah. The power of a changed mind. The power of a transformer. When your mind, you see, when you take on the new man, you take on something. Hallelujah. You take on something that is different from what you used to be. You see, until you do the opposite of who you have always been, you are not changed. I don't care how long you've been in church, you are still an unbeliever. Should I say it again? Hello? Did you hear me? I said, hey! 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 Are you listening to me? Until you change the way you think, you are still the same. You know what, what most of us do as Christians? We come to the altar. Just as I am with that one plea, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me, save me. And we turn 180, 270, 360 degrees. Back to where we started. So we go home just as we came. We behave just as we came. We do all the things just as we used to do it. And we say, oh, we came to church. We came to uh, Christ. We are saved. No, you are not saved. Being saved means you have repented, which is a turn of 180 degrees and walking away from where you were. I don't know whether you understood. Are you with me? If I used to be here, for me to be changed, I have to walk away. As far away from where I used to be. The opposite direction. Then I'm transformed. Then I'm changed. Then I can say, I am now born again. I'm now a Christian. Until your mind is transformed, you will never ever be free. Or never be born again. Hello. My time is up. I would have, uh, we would have looked at a few steps. What it means to be really born. How to be really transformed. We'll continue again. Stand to your feet. Let's go home. <laughs>